Hey, what's going on, my money-crazed lunatics? You hear that? That's the sound of money. <laughs> and it smells pretty damn good, too. Thanks for tuning in this week, and I hope you enjoy the episode. So I had a really great conversation with an, a registered investment advisor, Michael Harris. Good buddy of mine. We've been in the market together. We always talk finance. We always talk investments. So he's an investment advisor for a small fund where he manages client portfolios and he's really active in the portfolio management space. He's got a lot of great content to share with me. I'll release it over the next couple of episodes. But this one's really going to cover market commentary for 2021. The opportunities that we both think have presented itself, especially now with the Biden administration. I think it's important to know Regardless of your political affiliation, you have to separate your pocketbook from your politics. If you want to be successful in the market, that is, right? You have to recognize the opportunities that you can play to in certain administrations, right? So just keep that in mind. So we're going to go over those opportunities. We're going to go over, you know, the post-COVID recovery, the opportunities there in that space. And also what many believe to be a strong, somewhat recovery in 2021. You know, I keep reading um, global GDP forecasted at over 5%. So the implications, not just on the U.S. economy, but the global economy, I think they're going to be astounding. So it's, this is a great episode to kind of learn the motivations behind what sectors to rotate, rotate into. And, and particularly, which companies are on... Um, you know, Michael and his firm's radar, and um, hopefully it gives you some inspiration to do your own due diligence on some of these companies discussed and you know, see if you can't add some value in your portfolio. Really hope you enjoy this one. Make sure you like it and subscribe, you know, to my podcast. Share it with everybody, you know, if, if you think it's adding value. And also, I get a lot of questions after the episodes. Just keep in mind... I put a lot of time and effort into the the episode descriptions. So if there's anything I talk about, any sort of tickers, any companies, what have you, I'm going to drop it in the description. Also, some of the books that I love reading, those are there for my Amazon affiliate link. Just however you can, just try and show your support for this channel. If that means sharing it with your friends, I'd love that. So just keep on listening. And, and let me know uh, what future content you guys want to hear from me. I have a feeling this episode will be real popular. There's a lot of great commentary. And I hope you guys enjoy. Yeah, so I, you know, I got these strategies pulled up. And I kind of wanted to kind of dive into more of the market commentary. And I was just curious, you know, yeah, as man. it relates to your strategy, you know, what's your outlook on 2021 opportunistically? What, what do you guys yeah looking at yeah great uh great question uh things that really excite us are things that were still exciting to us in 2020 looking at the electrical vehicle market yep with biden's push uh -huh. he's saying he wants a lot of people to be driving electric cars within the next four years and you know they're slowly deploying their strategy for that we're excited gotcha. about that clean energy is here we're not exactly, I, I guess we're, I guess I should re, <laughs> redact that. It's not here yet. 
but there's a lot of excitement when it when it comes to clean energy whether that be solar wind whatever else cloud computing is something else that is really exciting right now right a lot of great companies out there when it comes to data uh, managing the data managing the storage of the data everything in that perspective i guess right. uh, and then genomics i'm sure you've heard a lot about genomics from you mentioned kathy wood and in, in arc invest yep um, admittedly we look at some of their stuff too we don't hold a lot of it in our own portfolio uh, but it's certainly like uh i i get the their trades at the end of the day just to see if something will pop up on my radar and i'm like okay um are, are you subscribed to that as well subscribe to what uh getting arcs no daily, how do i do that uh, how the hell do i yeah do so you can go on you can go on their website and get their yeah. trade blotter since your email every day what? yeah oh my god this is legendary i got so many people that love kathy woods they get on their hands and knees for her, so i'm gonna <laughs> send this out <laughs> so you know as far as you know the economy is concerned what do y'all see in 21 i from what i've read i think it's going to be a strong year they're forecasting gdp to rebound pretty high in the to low to mid five percent uh gdp growth what are y'all seeing from that front? yeah basically that same thing i have not really dove into it too too much um more focused on the market aspect of it but at the end of the day, I think the American economy is still driven by the consumer, and you would agree with that as well. And so right now, I think people are charged up, they're ready to go, they've got cash in the bank, and they're uh, they're ready for everything to reopen. And, and when that does happen, right, I think people will, will spend a lot of money. Because spending was curbed in 2020, right? People were saving more. Yeah, so... I think credit scores went up, the amount yeah. people had in their bank accounts, like all this stuff went up in, uh, yeah. in 2020. And, and you and look at the prices were like, still, you know, all right. high. So it's like, well, 2021 surely is going to be a great year. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. I think Chamath has a, a really good. Do you, do you know about Chamath? No, no. Do you know who that is? No, tell, give, enlighten yeah, so me. He is a. Uh, Man, he, he's one of the guys that made Facebook what it is and also one of the guys that regrets making Facebook what it is. <laughs> he really, I think he came on in like 20, 2007, okay. maybe, and, and really helped grow and develop the company. You'll see him on all the meme stonk, stocks now. I oh, said wow, stonks. okay. <laughs> yeah, the stocks. No, dude, that's all I see, man. Yeah, when when Elon uh, tweeted out Game Stonk, like, just legendary, man. Like, He's so legendary, funny. man. <laughs> uh, awesome. But Chamath, really smart guy. He's lot. He's launching a lot of SPACs right now, uh, yeah. whether it be IPOE. Um, so he he launched IPOA through IPO. I think it's E or F at this point. He's launching a lot of SPACs and. Um, own some of that in my own portfolio, like Clover Health. Oh, we're going to get there. Uh, we're we're going to get to the specs because you bring up some good points. Yeah, we'll get there. <clears throat> Which uh, was down like 10% today, but I'm holding the line, man. I'm holding the I'm line. Holding the freaking line. <laughs> you know, and so then, as far as what about <clears throat> your, your size component? What are you guys seeing? You know, because you guys are, 
it's relatively high turnover, relatively concentrated position sizes, right? And your strategies anywhere from like 15 to 20 companies. Is that right? Uh, so typically it's going to be 20, 20 to 35 at the most. Okay. Are, um, do you guys have a size tilt right now going into 21? I mean, are you guys going more into the small and mid? You know, because 2020 was was the year of the large. And I just, I don't know where it's going to head. You still? Yeah. yeah. I think mid cap is probably where we see the most value right now. Oh, what, why is that? small cap had a really good year in 2021 as well. Or sorry, 2020. Didn't it outperform S&P 500? Small did, but large <clears throat> cap outperformed every every size tilt. Oh wow! Yeah. So I don't I don't get super into the weeds when it comes to like, is this a small cap company? Is this a large cap company? Yeah. Uh, things like that. Um, but a lot of our I guess our concentration right now is in yeah. more of the mid cap because to me, uh, and this is more my own personal I guess investment strategy. Small caps just trying to hit the runway and keep going mid cap you have kind of already established yourself but you're yeah. not there yet you're not there yet so mm -hmm. that's why me personally this isn't for iron oak that's why i like mid cap and investing in mid cap right because there's still some groundwork to get to the the high point right but you're not going to deal with the tremendous amount of volatility at the very beginning not to say we don't invest in small cap or um, yeah. even a few micro caps but um, most of it's going to be large cap and then mid cap as well yeah, because the scalability has higher potential in the mid cap and there's right. growth that's left to get captured, you know, because sometimes large is, you know, they might be too mature for a uh, yeah. significant return. But, yeah, but we'll I mean, you look at companies like Apple, Amazon. I know, man. And Google came out and crushed earnings this past week and it is, uh, it's going way up. So what, oh, let me, let me see this. What uh, I mean, what way up, you? way up for Google, you know. <laughs> you said you said Google. Yeah. Let's see this. Look, look at their like five day latest quarterly earnings. Beat holy shit! Yeah. Wow. Revenue surprise four billion. Whoa. Yeah. So they're. I think they were up. They might have been like up oh, like 10% boy. at one point. Yeah, go to their five-day. No I think that'll kidding. show the, uh No kidding. Yeah. So, wow. That's a Google, good call man. out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, people always want to go to that. Why are so many new traders? Why are so many retail traders so, um, so intent on going for the small and micro companies? Mm -hmm. Why don't they go to something like Google? Is it just purely because it's too, it's perceived to be too expensive? What's your take on it? So I think with Google and Amazon right now, their stock price is so high yeah. that it's hard for people to throw like two or three grand in a portfolio when they when they have, you know, maybe like 20,000. Right. And so um, if I'm building a portfolio, I'm probably putting anywhere from three to 5% in Apple, Microsoft, Google, Amazon. Yeah. Can't really go wrong with those. Hell no. You can argue me, you can try to argue me out of it. And like, you might bring, bring up some good points and even, even Alibaba, uh, that's kind of had a, a rocky, rocky year so far. Cause Jack Ma kind of 
<laughs> was laying Got, low yeah for a little bit <laughs> <laughs> yeah for well yeah we won't get on get into that but yeah he was yeah um you know those five companies tried to tell me that they're not going to be around in 10 to 15 years and yeah if you good luck talking me out of it and so uh, from a long-term so, perspective if you want a smooth volatility it just right. makes sense because we can we can fill the rest of the portfolio with as much sexy stuff as you want. But at the end of the day, you still need some anchors within the portfolio and, and tr have some true diversification. So, and these anchors have outperformed, it. you know, a lot of other things in the last oh, couple yeah. of years, you know, I mean, Amazon doubled in doubled this year and then some, yeah. it, it blew my mind. The other one that blew my mind was Apple last year where it was just a, a steady, you know, it didn't have one day where it was like up 10 or 20%. It was right. Like a, well, I guess with the volatility in last March, it did, but that was everything. Steady, steady climb, you know? Yeah. And then at the end of the year, <laughs> you're like, oh shit, it's up 74%. Right. <laughs> yeah. So that's, uh, yeah. Love, love me some Apple. They're making money hand over fist over there and it's, it's pretty easy. So. Okay. At least easy, easy for them. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Give me, give me your take on some of the strategies you guys talk. Yeah. Give me the lowdown on innovation. Yeah. That's yeah. So innovation. If you, uh, if you scroll down, I'll kind of dive into a little bit more detail with this one. Yes. And think of disruptors. Talking about how the world is changing. Admittedly. So you're like Kathy another Wood, Kathy Woods. Uh, <laughs> I was, man, I was about to say it. Uh, you can find a lot of these companies. Maybe not a lot, but uh, a few of these companies within the ARC uh, yeah, portfolio. Sure. I guess it's the ARC Innovation portfolio. Mm -hmm. Companies that are changing the world. Obviously, they have a huge conviction when it comes to Tesla. I think it still makes up about 10% of their portfolio, which yeah. from a portfolio management perspective is very unique. Usually, yeah. managers can't really have anywhere anything over i think about seven or eight percent yeah if you're hitting ten percent you you're gonna get your your phone's gonna ring off the hook unless right woof. yeah blew my so, mind too yeah but she's had a lot of conviction with tesla since i think 2016 or 2018 yeah. and people laughed her out the door um but when you go back and look at those interviews obviously hindsight is 2020 no pun intended yeah but um she she has a strong conviction about Tesla for a good reason. And so she'll go into like the structure of the company, how they've kind of built a huge moat around themselves uh, where everything's internal. They don't really need to get any, any anything outside of right. Tesla in order to make Tesla cars. And so a lot of conviction about Tesla. Uh, you like Etsy, don't really need to talk too, too much about that one. No. <laughs> talk to me what about... Yeah, what's another one in, in your fund that you're really excited about in that uh, innovation fund? Yeah, Workhorse is probably one of the ones that's had a really great run-up right now. Okay. So they're they're an EV company, and they are the favorite to get a contract with the United States Postal Service. And Whoa. so they've had – Biden came out a few days ago, said that the electric cars that – are going to be used are going to be American made workhorse from what I understand American made company. And so their stock shot up on that news. Things look good. there. Uh, really excited about what's, what's going to go on from the future. Um, 
on the fintech side, that's something, as you know, is changing pretty dramatically. Yep. And Square is a company that we really like. A lot of conviction behind that one. Because people look at Square whenever they go to a local coffee shop, go to a market somewhere. You know, 100%. Quick, <clears throat> quick little swipe, uh, swipe of your credit card. You know, you're in and out. But what people don't realize is that Square is collecting all that data from every merchant. And so whenever you go for a loan within a few years, Square is going to be able to pull up all your information like that and oh, wow. say whether you qualify for the loan or not. So big things happening with Square. Still like them as a company. I think you own some, don't you? Oh, yeah. Come on now. Of course. <laughs> Got to, of man. Of course, man. And so, yeah, I like Square. Um SunPower is one of the leaders when it comes to solar technology. Can't get to uh can't we we bought SunPower around I think it was like five dollars last year. Yeah. And it's dropped quite a bit the past week, but um holy still a shit. great company. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, that was in your portfolio last year. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, so that um, InFace, which does the, I believe it's the converters okay. within the actual solar panels. Right. What was your play on SunPower? What you know? What was uh, what was driving your decision making on that? Um, yeah. When did you enter so, it? I guess back in twenty twenty. So I think yeah, back in twenty twenty, we bought it around five dollars a share, I believe. Wow. Okay. So. Had a really good run up. And this is a company where we sold out of the cost basis. And then we just let the the rest of the money just ride. Because at that point, it's the markets, right? right. We don't we don't really necessarily need to worry about it. Um, if it's if it has a good year, then that's great. And we'll continue to val you know look at it. Um, but our play on it or, or what we liked about it was that it is one of the leaders in solar power. We figured there was going to be a push to clean energy. Right. And so now is the time to buy it. So whether or not Biden got elected, the future is still in solar yeah. and clean energy. I mean, for, for my new house I, I'm moving into, dude, I had to get solar. In the state of California, yeah. they force you to get it. Whether yeah. that's buying or leasing it out, you don't have a choice anymore. Right. So, so good company. Gotten beat up the past week. Uh, I had a client call me and ask him, he's like, are we, are we getting... We getting shorted a lot in some power, and I was like, "Certainly a possibility." I uh, don't necessarily know, but um, oh yeah, dude, yeah. there's a there's a high <laughs> short interest on it. Look at this, yeah, fifty seven percent. Uh oh, jeez, capital <laughs> coming in on it. <laughs> they got to make up all that money. Huh? Oh my god, <laughs> dude, they're down like fifty four percent for the year, and it wasn't even the end of January, and they were down yeah fifty four. That's brutal. How to how'd your portfolio do in January? Um, in January, they yeah. crushed it because it, it's mainly concentrated in Etsy and uh, Square and PayPal. I love it. It's awesome. <laughs> I mean, now that I do this full time, I'm like, yeah, maybe I can give more attention to my portfolio. Um, I still yeah. own a lot of ETFs, but mm -hmm. now that I have more time, might as well. Yeah. Our our average client did anywhere from I think it was about thirteen to eighteen percent in January. The market oh. did like two and a half to three. So 
And what sectors are those just, driven by? Just e-commerce and tech? A lot, a lot of clean energy is what we're pretty heavily invested in. And you know, Biden came out with his plan saying, hey, we want really? want clean energy for the next four years. And that drove prices up. So pretty fortunate there. But at the same time, we really like the companies that we're invested in. So should be good. But if I can do if I can do fifteen percent every year, not even, let alone every month, like I'll right. uh, I'll be pretty happy, right? Fifteen percent a year? Oh yeah, I mean you can get really rich off fifteen percent a year, right? Yeah. Um, so that is uh that's innovative strategy. Yeah, yeah. Those are more of the sexier and really going to be a little bit more volatile, admittedly. Sure. But I kind of think of think of it as you're investing in. Like, I guess like fluorescent light bulbs in the 60s or 70s, whenever they were first coming out. Yeah. What do People you made a lot of money allocation of wise on this? Because, you know, you, you mentioned in, look, we know the risk is, is pretty high in this fund. When clients come to you, you know, for someone our age, you know, what's an allocation look like in that space? Would you just go yeah. 100% innovation or I probably wouldn't, but what do you guys recommend? Yeah. So usually it's going to be a, a blend of our global core and our innovation strategy. Uh, if you sc- scroll down to global core and kind of go over some of the companies there. I love that diversification. But, Keep telling people that it, you don't just yes. have to, you know, put your nut in one fund. Right. So global core, think of the companies that are, have been around. They're still going to be around at the end of the day. Uh, you scroll down, you can see some examples of, right. Healthy, healthy balance, balance sheets. sheets. Yeah, there we go. Got a good moat within their respective field. You know, Apple, Visa, Applied Materials, Microsoft, Procter, Procter Gamble. Gamble, and Amazon. Uh, those are just some companies that we like within that space. Uh, we have a screen that we use on it. And then from there, then we also have a screen for our innovation too. Oh, okay. And we'll look at long-term strategy, um, leadership within the company, ownership within the company, because if a president or CEO doesn't have a lot of stake in the company, right? You know, who cares what their stock price does? How do you assess management when you're screening? You know, for people listening, how would you how would you systematically think through that? Are you talking about from a leadership perspective? Yeah, because or... you mentioned you scan. Do you scan leadership somehow? Is there are there mu- metrics, quantitative metrics? So no, 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 no quantitative me- metrics. It's more okay. of a, all right. How long has this person been at the company? Are they a hired gun where they're going to come in for two years, try to fix everything, get a huge bonus, and then leave? Uh, what's their conviction within the company? Because I mean, you you know people people are hired guns where they come in. They work there for four or five years, get a massive paycheck, and then and sail off into the sunset. Yeah, yeah. because look, you have one good year, you get a mil, million and a half bonus. It happened at my old company, and then you're gone. Right. And so we want people who have been there since the start and have a lot of conviction behind whatever they're doing and, and really want to see their company kind of take over the world. So now like. is can, can you scan for that at all, though? Like, or do you just have to read... What do you do? How do you do that research? So do you already have a list of stocks that you, your universe, and then you just start looking through the leadership on each one or what's your Yeah. So if you, if you scroll up, you can see some of the qualifications that we like for our innovation, uh, up a little bit more. Oh, here we go. So, Oh, some of these are, 
Right. Some of these are fundamental yeah. things that you can find on Yahoo Finance or Market Watch or whatever. And then some of them, you just have to value yourself. Qualitative. So, right. Right. And so we'll sit down. Uh, I'm on the investment board here. We'll sit down and we'll talk about the company. Like, what do we like? What do we don't like? Right. And we'll just go. We'll go from there. Yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, no, no quantitative screen. That certainly would be uh, a little bit easier. But you can see um, high founder ownership or insider. Insider uh, trading. On, yeah, insider. Yeah. Right. Or yeah. In insider ownership specifically is what, what we like to see. So um, do you guys look at like how, how much, uh, how many shares change hands in uh, upper <laughs> level leadership? Yeah. Yeah. We'll look at like in insider sentiment where it's, you know, are they selling this week? Are they buying? What's yeah. going on? Um, so, yeah. What are so some of the a, good fundamental uh, things for listeners to kind of look at? I know we talked about fundamentals. Some might not really understand the distinction between that. Yeah. So for innovation, we'll look at projected year over year growth of 20% or greater. Is that from revenue, sales? Mm -hmm. or uh, Specifically revenue. In the yeah. innovation strategy, there are going to be companies that and quite frankly, aren't profitable yet. And Negative so, earnings, yeah. When are we When are we going to be profitable is a, a really good question that we like to ask because you can have the best idea in the world, but if you aren't making money anytime soon, you, yeah. uh, you, got, a, you got a problem on your hands. So Absolutely. Um, uh, proven model to scale to... So that, that would be more of a, I guess, a qualitative, qualitative. one where as this company grows, is this something that is going to be really niche or is this something that's going to be able to hit the access? Masses. Right. Like you were talking about like solar panels. Yeah. I think Biden wants solar panels on every house one day. Right. Yeah. And I, and that's I where the push definitely is. see it happening. It kind of makes sense though, to be honest with you, just from a, I don't know, I'm saving a lot of money on the solar. It actually makes yeah. a lot of sense. Like I've yeah. amortized how much it costs and it mm -hmm. is actually going to save me money if I stay in the house or keep it long enough. Yeah. Like I think oh, if sure. I keep the house longer than 10 years, it's paid for. So I'm like, oh, that's right. a no brainer then. And so that's where the innovation comes in. Cause it used to be 20 years. People weren't super interested, dropped it down to 15, a little bit more interest. And now like yourself, 10 years, it's like, okay. I'm probably going to be in this house or at least own this house for 10 years. It's yeah. going to make more sense to go with solar. So people are doing it. And absolutely. Um, I'm all for clean energy, man. Yeah. Uh, especially, especially when it returns a uh, pretty good profit for us. <laughs> yeah. I, I just go where the money is, man. I could That's right. you know, look, I care about <clears throat> the environment, but I care about my pocketbook. Right. <laughs> um, Average daily trading volume. What do you look <laughs> at there when you enter trades? Is that more just from an execution perspective? Right, because as we grow, you know, we want to prove a model to scale for the companies with an innovation strategy, but we yeah. also want a proven model for Iron Oak Wealth too. So if you have an average daily trading volume of less than a million, it's going to be pretty hard to get in and out of the stock. And so we looked right. to have over, I believe the number is over a million. Um, so this is like our daily shares trading base. hands. Is that right? Yeah. Right. And so this is our, our broad. You know, this is like the, the sauce, but it's yeah. not the secrets within the sauce. And so okay. we have all that written down somewhere else. And I love it. Um, 
the last thing would be favorable cash reserve to burn rate. We, we already mentioned that. Yeah. But don't want to be losing too, too much money. But I mean, I, I've been proven wrong there where there's companies losing money hand over fist. Yeah. But their stock is continuing to rise. Uh, shout out to shout out to Virgin Galactic this week, man. <laughs> What's going on with that, man? Because I feel like there was just such a large push towards, I feel people are buying back into, like you said, companies that in the last year have had to just rely on the cash burn because the, the revenue isn't there. It's right. So whether that's did. from the country shutting down, I mean, there are still industries that you can't open your, open your doors for business. So it's like, yeah. So you, what's the you look there? at Virgin, Gal yeah, you look at Virgin Galactic and they're, I think they had 4 million in revenue while they burned, I think they're burning two, 280 million last year. They burned 280? Yeah. 20, and 30 so, million dollar burn. Oh my God. Yeah. Man. Oh, it's so I, I the, airlines, the That's how day. much it is, man. It's like a yeah. 20 to 30 million dollar a month burn rate for these, <clears throat> at least over it's, the summer. Yeah. So if Virgin Galactic is able to do what they're, they say they're going to do, and I'm sure they will. Um, it's going to be a game changer. It's absolutely an innovator. They're trying to make, I think it's a flight from LA to London in like three hours or something like that. What? Or it might be New York to London in like three hours. That's yeah, still quick. It, that's crazy. real quick. Yeah, that's so fast. Um, I'm probably going to sound like an idiot when <laughs> this comes out, but because uh, I'll, I'll have something switched up. But um, they're just trying to make flight a lot faster, and then also doing the tourism side of it where okay. people are able to go to space and richard branson is supposed to go later this year on a mission into space into just space. to prove that it's it's safe and so oh my god that's been driving the stock price up spacex also had a malfunction with a landing a few days ago and so when your competitor doesn't do well your right. stock's probably going to go up a little bit more too and so I think people are just excited about it. And then it's also a meme stock for some reason, like the boys on boys and girls on yeah. uh, Wall street bets <laughs> uh, really like it. And so they're, they're kind of pumping it up, but there's certainly value behind the company, but I just look at that burn rate and me personally, I can't get excited about it. Uh, I know people that love it. I've had right. clients that have asked me about it. And it's like, but you guys aren't in it, right? Uh, me personally, I'm not in it. Oh, but uh, your company clients right? in it. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I believe, uh, I think my boss has people in it and he's made a lot of money on it. <laughs> um, right. But it was one we talked about and it was like, all right, well, I personally don't like it. I'm not going to put my clients in it, but um, yeah, it, he's going to do what he's going to do at the end of the day. Sure. And so, which is great. He has a proven model and, <laughs> hey, man. you know. He does, he does very well with his portfolios. And so that's where we kind of, we'll talk about it. And then at the end of the day, it's ultimately up to us, you know, how we're going to manage the portfolio. So for portfolios. Yeah. What, uh, what about SPACs? I, I keep getting that ass a lot. That's kind of another, it's really popular in the Robin Hood and um, Wall Street bets space. What, what's yeah. y'all's take on SPACs? Especially in <laughs> 2020, it was like the year of the SPACs. What do you see? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, so I think it depends on the SPAC. Yeah. There are a few SPACs that I've really liked. There are a few that I just don't really look at because 
if you're making a SPAC just to have a SPAC and you're not going to merge with another company, I can't get too excited about that. Yeah. That's why with Chamath SPACs, IPOC, I believe it was IPOC merged with Clover Health. They're going to try to revolutionize the healthcare space. Okay. And what's and then, the ticker on that one? Uh, so it's CLOV. CLVO. Oh, CLVO. Okay. CLOV. Oh, CLOV. Okay. Clove. Gotcha. Yeah. Clove. Okay. And then IPOD is going to merge with SoFi. Have you heard of them before? I haven't. Yeah. I'm not really big into the SPAC space. So, okay. You know, do you want so to describe I, I get it excited. a little bit to the, the listeners? Some the, might know what it is. But. Yeah. So, special, special Acquis- purpose acquisition company. Yeah. And so, I guess the easiest way to describe it is kind of like a GoFundMe for yep. a company. It's probably yep. the easiest way to describe it. Uh, to take a company public, right. they launch a SPAC, they merge with this other company, and then it's a publicly traded company. It's like a reverse believe, merger, basically. Right. And I believe, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, they don't have to go through the underwriting process or anything like that. And so no, it's just a quicker way to get on the market. Yeah, because like a lot of, to, to traditionally to go IPO, there's strenuous historical financials that you have to present, but with stacks, right. a lot of that can be um, forecasted. I was reading, you don't necessarily have to have the historical financials that you would with IPOs. You could just, right. so it's like, wow. So definitely less regulated, it seems. Yep. So it's, it's more, stacking. and then that's, that's different than a direct listing where, I believe Airbnb was like the direct list of this year that people knew about where didn't have to go through the underwriting process, just kind of chose a day and, and their stock was traded. So yeah, the, the IPO model is kind of dying out. It seems right. Yeah. I, I am kind of curious because like I said, I like specs that have a, a future or obviously like they have to merge with something, but if I don't know what that company's going to be, it's really hard for me to invest in it uh, right. or invest in the idea. Certainly, you can look at the investor, um, Bill Bill Ackman has lost. Bill Ackman launched one, and I don't. You can trust Bill Ackman to do what he's done. He has obviously has a great track record in front of him. You can trust Chamath with all of his, but for me, until I know what the company is going to be or what their purpose is going to be. It's really hard for me to invest in it. Wow. Yeah. Alex Rodriguez, the baseball player, files to raise $500 million in Slam Core, a SPAC. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah. And what's crazy is people are getting money, like, left and right. It's it's super easy. Like, Robinhood, for example, when they're about to get margin called last week, they raised, I think it was, like, $2.4 or $3.4 billion, just like yeah. that. And that's a lot of money. Like people don't understand how much a billion dollars is. Yeah. To that is, that. that is a lot of money. In so, a span of a week. Right. A million dollars is about 10 days. Yeah. Or sorry, a million seconds is about 10 days. Mm-hmm. A or 1 billion seconds is over 30 years. Yeah. It's a big jump from trillion, a million. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then like a trillion is, I think it's 31,000 years. Like people, these are just numbers that people can't 
can't understand. Yeah. Right. And so not to get like talk about politics or anything like that, but people are like, oh, we'll just do like a trillion dollar stimulus. And yeah, it's cool. (laughs) Like, okay, like let's. Yeah, no, absolutely. uh, Let's calm down, you know. (laughs) Is there another stimulus coming right now? Yeah. Yeah, I think they're. Biden's plan was. I think it was 1.9 trillion or the Democrats are trying to get that passed. And then Republicans are trying to get like 800 billion or okay, whatever it is. I, the numbers are always changing. So right. I'm sure they'll, they'll try to find some happy medium, but yeah, it's a uh, must be freaking nice. I never got one <laughs> bastards. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. We'll see what happens. I I'm sure it's going to get passed and, People will get sent checks and, yeah, free money comes my way. Like, I'll take it. That's fine. <laughs> How important do you think I was looking at your third one, your strategic mm-hmm. income? What, what do y'all, what's y'all's take on that fund? Um, how important yeah, so, is it for 2021? What do you, what do you think uh, it's place? Yeah. So as you know, we are in a zero interest environment. Mm-hmm. So you can go to the bank and get, you can basically get free money. They're going to yep. loan it out to you and you might pay a little bit in interest but, but with inflation a not a whole lot because inflation <clears throat> right. is, is good when you're borrowing right right so this one's going to be a lot a lot more conservative you can scroll down and this is where it's really going to look at the fundamentals of the company yeah huge spreadsheet going to be paying a really solid dividend uh don't really want to see that dividend drop over the past couple of years right uh, we also want a beta less than one so we're not going to see a lot of volatility. You want, you want to explain, to explain beta, beta real quick? Yeah. So the market goes up 1%. If your beta is 1, you go up 1%. Yep. So if the market goes up 1%, we want something that's going to go up less than 1%. Or if the market goes down 1%, we want something that's going to go down less I guess, than 1%. Yeah. I guess more than 1%, but... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that we, we take into consideration. These are just huge spreadsheet companies. The only reason we have mid-cap in there is because there are a few REITs um, that we might use within that strategy that aren't necessarily large cap. Gotcha. So, what are some of the big ticket <laughs> uh, companies you put in this fund? Oh, my goodness. Uh, let me see. I can't even think off the top. I think J and J might be one of them. I oh, Johnson and Johnson. In a while. Yeah, give me like two seconds. So I'll, I'll pull it up. Oh yeah. <laughs> <Hell> yeah. <clears throat> no, this is good, man. There's going to be a lot of good information for people to take on this podcast. Um, yeah, because it's it's good to have somebody who's actually in the space. Right. Yeah, a good company that's in that space that fits that screener is Coca Cola. Coca Cola. Yes. Yeah, there is nothing sexy about Coca-Cola. Nothing sexy. <laughs> pays a solid dividend. Great company. Oh, we can good. all agree they're not going anywhere. They've no. proven to stick around over the years. And so um, even with people kind of shifting away from soda. No, they buy it. They buy it. They, they merge with everyone. Right. Absorb yeah. It. They'll just buy whoever their competitors are and. Eventually, we'll talk about antitrust suits or whatever, but it'll be. Yeah, uh, I'm curious. What right. do you think about that, man? I mean, let me. You're talking about first. like Facebook and Google. Hold up, give me a second. Let me first see how many Coca-Cola companies. Um, 
How many companies does Coca-Cola own? I think it, I was reading it the other day. 500 brands. That's how many that's how many brands that they own in over that is so 200 nuts. countries. That, oh my god. That is so nuts, man. <laughs> yeah, so it's like you might yeah. Wow. It's phenomenal. Yeah. And it might just be where I live too, where it's Austin and not a ton of people drink soda, but you still go to McDonald's, like Subway, like Coca-Cola is everywhere still. But they're taking over all those healthy um, hipster brands too. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, lot of acquisition there as well. So they're, they've proven that they can shift with whatever the market's bringing. Right. Um, Which is good. Yeah. They'll still be, still be around. They're still going to pay a, a solid dividend, but don't expect them to return, you know, 50% in a year, right? No, last year they actually underperformed quite heavily. I own a couple of shares of Coke as a troll. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, love I do. It, man. Um, okay, so antitrust. What do you think's going on there in social media? You think it's a good or a bad thing if they break up the big... Um, the big, big social media hubs. And good or bad is, I think that's subjective, yep. but I think it is inevitable yeah. when you look at how large Facebook and then Instagram is or how, how big they are. Yeah. Um, pull this bad boy up. Yeah. But you look at it some of the best advertisement that you can ever get. My phone knows what I'm thinking before I even pull it up. Um, absolutely everywhere. And so they've been able to get out of it right. for the past, past couple of years, but it seems this is something that, you know, lawmakers are kind of agreeing on on both sides for different reasons. But I think people are still on the same side when it comes to this is something that needs to happen. Same thing with Google where they're just so large. Right. That it's hard not to see them breaking up. What are your thoughts on it? I don't know about that one. Cause I could go either way. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Give me one sec. Got a weird. Oh, there we go. There's my background again. Um, I think it's inevitable, but I was reading, I think there's a lot of, there could be a lot of benefits by breaking it up, right? If you, really, yeah, just, it might create more um, shareholder value if you break up the business, depending on how they do it. There might be, you might unlock shareholder value there. I'm not sure. Yeah, what do you mean by shareholder value? Well, sometimes, look, if, if a company gets too big, um, it's, it's difficult to operate, but if you break it up into several companies, I don't know how they would do it, but I was just reading that that might, that might enhance shareholder value because you're, a, right. you're, you know, just from that perspective. So I don't know. I don't think yeah, it's necessarily it face value, um, a bad thing if they break up. Right. Yeah. I think they would drop pretty significantly and then um, work their way back up and potentially reach an all time high. But, what do you One think thing that of, I've learned being in the business is yeah. that you can kind of put whatever projection you want out there. And as long as you have a good story behind it, people will believe it. And uh, yeah. what do you think about that? Than, 
like the the, <laughs> the news headline driven investing yeah it seems like it's not even fundamentals anymore or the long term it's fundamentals but the short term is right. all based on emotional biases in that news that you, you're talking about right so can you re what was the question like what like, do you think, what of, I like, think what's about your it? take on that like yeah how do you what do you do with that if it's all I think something that people need to realize is that entertainment is just that it's entertainment people are on the tv for you to watch the tv listen to what they have to say some of those people are cfas they've got all their ducks in a row they know what they're talking about but at the end of the day they're there to be they're they're hired to be entertainers right so i think that's something that people don't take into consideration too too much and so they'll say okay you know so and so likes apple so i'm just gonna go buy apple and don't take the necessary time to either look up the company themselves or they go and ask their friend who watched the same program they want to buy it so yeah it's uh i think there's just not as much like thoughtfulness i guess mm -hmm. uh behind what goes on within people's por portfolios compared to what professional money managers do before i end this episode i just kind of wanted to circle back on i guess this would be episode nine that i released last week in regards to kind of going over the robin hood portfolio i know i got some feedback about some people wanting more clarification on the execution behind certain stock picks and just a little bit more information um, and so i will circle back around uh brandon and i are going to rebalance we're kind of going to shift our strategy a little bit. There's a few tickers that are getting us excited. So there'll be another episode and I'll make sure to be even more specific and talk about each position individually and try and break down the execution and all those little um, nuances in the positions we hold currently. I also just want to stress though, if you are that concerned with price execution and, and really fixated on certain prices, price levels on stocks. You're probably not going to find too much of that in my podcast. My focus isn't price execution. I did that for a, no a number of years on the institutional side. And as far as a long-term strategy, price execution means quite a bit less um, just because my holding periods on stocks, as you know, I, I don't intend to get rid of any position that I initially enter uh, less than 12 months just because of the tax consequences. And just, I don't want that active management piece to be too heavily ingrained in my head where I'm constantly worrying about rebalancing and checking my positions on a daily. So that's kind of my my strategy and my, my thoughts behind uh, the lack of price execution that I'm concerned with on my portfolio. But nonetheless, I will circle back around in the next week or so and try and give you guys a little bit more color on the Weeble account challenge. Also, to that point, I have a link in the description. And make sure you're reading the, the description links in all these episodes. But there is a Weeble link where you can set up a Weeble account and you'll get a free stock. I get a free stock. It helps support the channel and keep this puppy rolling. So I'm really excited about that. Also... I know I've gotten quite a bit of interest on breaking down my public account, the account where I manage a little bit over uh, a quarter million dollars of my own money. 
I intend to break that portfolio and and go position by position. That includes the ETFs. That includes the little bit of bonds that I have. I intend to break that down to to the T, each individual position. Last time I checked, I think I have 30, 30 different positions open, which is quite a bit, but I'll break them down. It might take an episode or two. I'll probably drop um, supportive videos as well so you guys can actually see the execution, not just hear me talk about the price levels that I've I've opened these trades and kind of the um, the dollar cost average for each position. But I'll do my best on the podcast and make sure you follow my YouTube channel as well. I don't post all that much right now just because I'm busy with a whole other uh, my main job, right, with real estate and all that. That's the big focus of my life. But um down the road, YouTube, I will definitely um, be more active on that space, especially uh, with visual aids. I know it's helpful. Uh, so just stay tuned for that. I'm really excited to break down my portfolio just to kind of give you guys a little bit of taste of, of what I've done and how I'm positioning myself for 2021 as well. So stay tuned, guys. As always, thanks for tuning in, and I look forward to next week's podcast. Stay hungry, guys. Thank you.